Have you noticed how over time, in our English language, words change? Words change in their meaning, they change in how we use them, and they change in how we interact with them, and how they affect us when we hear them. Like, for instance, let's start with this word, the word bomb. How's this for an icebreaker? Bomb. Even in our own lifetime, this word has gone from something that just meant this thing that you use in war to blow things up, to now it's used to refer to what happens when you fail a test in high school, right? I have bombed that test. And, And even more recently, in the 2000s, I think, right around in then, we right around in there, we started hearing this word used in a good way, right? It actually becomes something that's desirable, that's good. It's a compliment. Like the summit church is the bomb, baby. Yeah, that pastor is the bomb. Yeah, thank you. Right? You see what I'm saying? Are, are you with me now? Like, here's another one. Here's another one. You know this text. Used to be the word text referred to words on a page, and that was pretty much it. Now we all know, thanks to smartphones, that texting and text is something, it's actually now not just a noun, it's a verb. It's a verb. It's something you do in communicating with someone else. Uh, Yeah, pretty interesting. Here's another one. Follow. Thanks to social media, we, we have a whole different idea of what it means to follow someone, right? Because of social media, because Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that kind of stuff, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, it's just a thing thing, we need to understand it, that, that our view of follow now has, has changed. Because of social media, we think following someone is kind of watching them from a distance. We ain't going nowhere, and we ain't doing nothing, We're just watching them go places and do stuff. And and we're watching what they eat and what they wear. And and we're watching where they go on vacation. And and we're listening and we're watching their opinions and we're looking at their vacation pictures. It's kind of creepy actually, if you think about it, right? Pretty pretty creepy, we just follow someone from a distance. And, And this is huge, this is so important to understand with this word follow because follow is a huge part of what God asks of us and how we understand what the word follow means has enormous implications for your life and my life and our church and all of us together. So let's talk about it. Here's the truth. Everybody follows somebody. (laughs) It's true for me. It's true for you. It's just true. Everybody follows somebody. Everybody is influenced by someone, listens to someone, is guided by someone. Everybody takes their cues from somebody. And that can be a very good thing or it can be a not so good thing. But it's true. And sometimes we're influenced by culture, and we take our cues from culture. 
And sometimes people are influenced by politicians and political parties, and they take their cues and directives from that. And we're influenced, and we follow our friends and our peer groups, our family. Hey, and there's even a whole segment of society, and maybe you kind of fall into this category as well. You, your philosophy more is like, I follow myself. I try to be true to myself. And it sounds really good. Got to be careful with that. But everybody follows somebody. What about, what about Jesus? I mean, you got to know that I'm going to go there, right? Surprise, surprise, surprise. What about Jesus? I mean, my assumption is, since you're here, my assumption is, since you're here, and you've joined us online, you are at least remotely interested in following Jesus. You're at least curious. Or, or perhaps you are, and you're trying to follow him. That, that would be my assumption. So let's put it in the context of following Jesus. Again, we got to get this clear. Because really, a lot of people, when they think follow, they just think social media follow. The problem is a following like you follow someone on social media just don't work when it comes to following Jesus. What's important to understand is that Jesus' common invitation in his day was simply follow me. That, that's what he invited people to do in the first century and still invites people to do today. But this whole idea of following Jesus, what it means to follow Jesus, has gotten really cluttered. It's gotten overcomplicated, to be quite honest. We've, we've added all kinds of baggage to what it means and what we think it means to follow Jesus. It's, it's, it's like I have this moment from Princess Bride. Anybody? Yeah, yeah. Like, follow Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. I follow Jesus. And I'm like, you keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Right? Yeah, we get to this idea of following Jesus, and we've misunderstood in church and culture as Christians. So let me begin real quick. Let me just kind of level the playing field a little bit and talk about what following Jesus is not. Following Jesus is not just going to heaven. Instead of hell, it's not some kind of cosmic fire insurance policy. It, it's not just praying a prayer. I hear people say that. Oh, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. Oh, yeah, 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 I've, I've prayed. I've prayed a prayer. I've prayed that prayer, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not just that. Hmm. Not just going to heaven, not just praying a prayer. And it's not just about making my life better. A lot of people think, okay, if I, if I follow Jesus, I'm a follower of Jesus. Yeah, I, I want God to bless me. I want God to bless me. I want to have success in business and success in life. And I'm thinking if anybody can give me success, success the big guy upstairs, he can give me success. So, so yeah, I, I, yeah I, I follow Jesus. It's not just that. Let's keep going. It, following Jesus is not just the label that we like to throw on ourselves and, and each other Christian. Like, are you a follower of Jesus? Yeah, yeah, I'm Christian. Of course I am. My mom was a Christian. My dad was a Christian. My whole family's Christian. And heck, I live in America. 
Okay, well, that's nice, but that's got nothing to do, really, with whether or not you are truly following Jesus. This was huge. Um, following Jesus is not some kind of spiritual subculture club or group that you could be a part of, like some kind of underground group, right, where, where you look at culture as an us versus them thing, and, and, you, and you almost weaponize faith, like, like it's them against us and us against them. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a Christian. And, and usually people say that with a, if they have that mindset, they say that with an angst and with a grit and with a closed fist. Yeah, no, that, that's not. And, and here's one more. This is very important. Following Jesus is not just a set of beliefs. Now, what you believe is very important and what you believe matters, but following Jesus is not just a set of theological beliefs or a theological position or a doctrine or some kind of theological statement about anything, really. Here's something fascinating. If you read the New Testament, which is the New Testament uh, in the Bible specifically, I mean, the whole, the whole Bible is just ph phenomenal piece of literature that, that God has provided for us. But specifically the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible, is really specifically for Christians. And if you read the New Testament, the word Christian only appears three times. That's shocking. Only appears three times. However, contrast that with the word disciple. The word disciple is not a word we use a lot. The word disciple means student. The word disciple means follower. The word disciple is used 269 times in the New Testament. It's almost as if God wants us to understand when this following Jesus thing is not just about a label of Christian. It's not just about believing stuff. It's not just about belonging to a group. It's it's actually about, get this, following Jesus is actually about following Jesus. Being a disciple of, a student of. Actually doing something. Actually being a part of something that brings change to our lives. Following Jesus. Or let's just put it like this. When Jesus says, follow me, what he is inviting us to do is live in the way of Jesus. When Jesus says, follow me, and when we follow him, we live in the way of Jesus. We live as he did and as he has asked us to live. In fact, Jesus said it like this, talking about his followers, and he uses the sheep-shepherd terminology. You know, we, we've seen that before in previous series. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep, my followers, they, they know, they, they'd hear my voice, and they follow me. That's what followers do. They follow. Not just watch from a distance, but they actually Live as he lives. It's very simply, he says this, and we do that. Jesus says that's the way it works. Now, if you lived in the first century, this was really simple, okay? If you lived in the first century, following Jesus was a, like a no-brainer. Everybody knows what that means, right? Because if you lived in Jesus' day and time, following Jesus would be like, where's Jesus? He's there, okay. 
and you followed him and you went where he went and you hung out where he was and you listened to him and you lived your life in close proximity to him. And everywhere he went, you went wherever he went. You were a follower. You were always trying to hang around where he was. First century, that's pretty good. Just locate Jesus and go be there. Now, in our century, when Jesus is not physically on the earth walking around, it's a little bit more complex. It's, it's more about now knowing what Jesus said, learning what Jesus taught and how Jesus lived and what he asked us to do and then doing that and living that way as he lived and as he has asked us to live. That's why the scriptures are so very important, especially the New Testament, because that's where we learn the teachings of Jesus. We learn what it means to trust him and to follow him. Here's what I find fascinating. In the first century, first century Christians were known as people of the way. Isn't that fascinating? They were often referred to as people of the way. What way? Jesus' way. Those are the people that follow the way of Jesus. Those are the people that live in the way of Jesus. Those Christians are people of the way. I wonder if that accurately describes me, you, us as Christians. And so when we look at 2022, we're going, now what? What, what 2022? How do we get through 2022 much less beyond as we saw last week at the beginning of the series, it's got so much to do with living by faith, trusting in Jesus. And what does that look like? Well, we discover what that looks like as we follow Jesus. Not just watch from a distance, but actually follow him daily in our lives. So what I want to do with the rest of our time is I want to kind of unpack what following Jesus looks like, what the New Testament taught us. What the New Testament teaches us about what it looks like, what Jesus teaches us about what it looks like to actually follow him, not in the social media sense, but in the actual sense, we as disciples of Jesus, becoming a student of Jesus. Now, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this may be brand new information for you, and I get it. Hopefully this is educational. If you consider yourself a Christian, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, what we're going to do in the next few minutes is clarify what you signed up for. Just to make sure you know what you signed up for when you call yourself a follower of Jesus. Let's start with this. When Jesus says, follow me, he says, he means live in the way of Jesus. And that, my friends, is a life-giving challenge. Following Jesus is a life giving challenge. It is a challenge in that it will demand so much from you to follow Jesus. It will. It's not for the, it's not a lighthearted thing. It's not a casual thing. It will demand. It's a challenge, but it's a challenge that gives so much to you. It demands of you and gives to you. It is a life giving challenge. Matthew recorded Jesus explaining it like this one day. Then Jesus said to his disciples, to his students, to his followers, to ones who wanted to follow him. Now, if any of you wants to be my follower, Jesus said, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. 
If you try to hang on to your life and do life your way and the way you want it, and the way you think it's best, and basically call your own shots, you try to hang on to your own life, keep things the way they are, you will lose it. You're going to miss it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Other translations translate this, you will find it. Both work very beautifully here. You will save it. You will find it. You will get what life is all about. Yeah, see, following Jesus is a cross-carrying way of life. It is a self-denying way of life. That, that's, why, that's why I have such a problem with the, with the thinking, and I think God has a problem with the thinking in our culture that is so self-centered. It's like, you, you, you look out for you. You put yourself first. You put yourself first. You look out for you. You make sure you take care of number one. You live by your own. Make sure you put yourself above all. I mean, what? The way of Jesus flies in the face of that. The way of Jesus is a self-denying, not a self-gratifying, but a self-denying way of life. It's a sacrificial way of life. But it's the best way to live. So that, that, Jesus said that's how you're going to find life. That's how you're going to save your life. That's how you're going to get the most out of life, is to live the way of Jesus. Learning what it means to trust him, and follow him. Best way to live. And you can't follow Jesus casually. How can you casually take up your own cross? You can't casually take up your own cross. And rarely can you follow Jesus conveniently. And you can never follow Jesus compartmentally, picking and choosing. Well, I'll follow Jesus in this area of my life, but this area of my life, that's mine. That's mine. And Jesus said, you got to give up your own way. If you're going to follow me, this is what it looks like, gang. You give up your own way. You, it, it, it's like you pick up your own cross. It, 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 it's like you live a life of sacrifice. Yeah. It is an all-inclusive, all-encompassing, all-out, touching every area of life. And again, that's a shocker for a lot of Christians because people have slapped the name Christian on themselves because, oh yeah, who doesn't want to die and go to heaven instead of, you know, alternative. Okay, who doesn't want their sins forgiven? Woo, I'm a big old sinner, sign me up, right? Oh, we want, we want all that, but, we, but when we start learning, wait a second, so following Jesus is, what? Oh, nobody told me about that. That must have been in the fine print. I'm just letting you know, this is what it means to follow Jesus. It is a life-giving challenge. Secondly, when Jesus says, follow me, live in the way of Jesus, understand living in the way of Jesus, the way of Jesus is a life-giving challenge, and the way of Jesus is the way of love. You had to know. If you've been around the summit for more than a half hour, you had to know that we were going to go there. And here we go again. The way of Jesus is the way of love. That's why around here we talk about love first, love first, love first. It's how we talk about receiving his love because he loved us first. Isn't that great? And, and then we share that love and we love each other first. 
We choose love first because, because that's how he loved us. The way of Jesus is the way of love. Now, there was, a, there was a phrase and a word that Jesus used often when he taught to describe the relationship between himself and his followers, and it, and it, ties, to, and it ties to love. It has everything to do with love. And it's the word remain, or some translations use the word abide, and they're used interchangeably, remain or abide, remain or abide. And with that in mind, let's look at what Jesus said, and John recorded this day when Jesus was teaching, Jesus said, remain in me. Again, other translations that you may have uses the word abide, abide in me, remain in me, remain in me, and I also remain in you. It's like, it's like I'm the vine and you are the branches. You get that, right? Right? You see that? We're connected dependently on him. He's the vine and we are the offshoot branches. He goes on in this passage and he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain, abide in my love. In other words, we're connected. And we're connected by love. <laughs> then he goes on and says, If you keep my commands, wait a second, what? Where's that? Where are commands? Man, what, what do you mean, commands? If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. It's like at first, you know, you're going, what, where is he going with this? And what's commands got to do with it? I thought this was about love. And love feels good. And love, that's like warm and cushy, right? right? And Jesus throws this command thing. Well, I don't hear anybody telling me what to do. Command. Command. Right? Jesus said, if you, you keep my commands, then, then you stay connected to my love. But then he clarifies, my command is this. Oh, love each other as I have loved you. That's what Jesus asked. That's what Jesus requires. That's my command. You love each other as I've loved you. And then he repeats it. This is my command. Love each other. I mean, it's like he didn't want anyone to misunderstand that if you're going to remain with me, if you're going to abide with me, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to be close to me, and you're going to live as I lived, and you're going to go with me, and you're going to be my follower, then you need to understand, and we all need to understand together, Jesus left no doubt that his way was the way of love. And make no mistake, that kind of love ain't easy. It is not for the faint of heart. That kind of love is very challenging. In fact, John records that Jesus' way of love was a way of grace and truth. And that Jesus was full of grace and full of truth. We're going to unpack this more in a series that we're going to do coming up in March. I'm really looking forward to that because we're going to dive deep into this. But let me hit the surface real quick. Jesus was full of grace and full of truth, and that's how he loved people. And that's how he expects us to love people. Jesus was not 50-50, half grace and half truth. No, he was full of both. He was all grace and all truth all the time. And you're like, how is that possible? That just sounds messy. Yep, it sure does, doesn't it? Because it is. 100% grace and 100% truth. That's how Jesus treated people. That's how Jesus approached life. That's how Jesus loved people. Full of grace and truth. And that's how you and I 
are to live. As followers, as disciples, as students of the way of Jesus. Now, again, we'll do a whole series in March where we're going to unpack that in a much more detailed way. But let me just clear up something real quick, okay? Uh, let me just clear up a misconception. A misconception that has be- begun to develop within the ranks of the Summit Church as we, as we talk about loving first. And over and over and over again, we want to love first, love first, love first. A lot of people have got this misunderstanding that to love first always means yes. That love first means yes. That like love to love first is almost like a blank check. Like whatever, just just love first. Love first is not always a yes. Love and Jesus's kind of love and to love first in that way doesn't mean yes to just everything and or yes to just anything. In fact, if we watch Jesus and his love and how he loves the people around him and even us sometimes love and to love first. In fact, more times than we like, sometimes love and a lot of times love and love first is not a yes. It's a kind, gracious, but firm no. You know, a lot of people, well, I thought we were supposed to love first, and we're supposed to love first as if love first is just like everything's cool, everything goes, everything fits and is all right. And I'm like, no, Jesus didn't treat people. Jesus didn't treat life that way. We're following Jesus. Now, is it messy? Oh, it is. It is. It is. You got the grace police and the truth police, and they're always like, well, that's not gracious, and you're not being truthful, and like, oh, ain't it a mess? But somewhere in the middle of all of that, Jesus, full of grace and full of truth, loved people and loves us and invites us to love each other that way. Following Jesus is the way of love. One more. When Jesus said, follow me, men, live in the way of Jesus. That's a life-giving challenge. It's the way of love. And, and I think one of the most simple ways we could explain it is just, just basically doing the next right thing. To follow Jesus, to live in the way of Jesus, is to do the next right thing. How's that for a, a simple approach? But boy, is it hard. Yeah, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's simplistic. And it certainly doesn't make it easy to just do the next right thing. When we're following Jesus, think of it as taking next steps. Following Jesus. Taking next steps. Following Jesus. And the next step is the next right thing. The next right thing. I don't always have the answers. I, I, I don't always have, know what's going to happen next. And, and we live in an uncertain world. So most of the time, I, I don't know what's going to happen fully. And you don't know. We, I mean, that's what the life of faith is about, is trusting. But we almost always can get clarity on the next right step, the next right thing. Well, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know what I need to do right now. I know what I need to do today. The next right Step, But let me be clear, it's the next right step as defined by Jesus. (laughs) Right as defined by the way of Jesus, as Jesus' example. Not the next right step being right by me, right? I don't get to decide myself what's right. What if my version of right and your version of right don't match? Uh Uh-oh, we got war. That's why war exists. So it's not, it's not, it's not 
you know, what I think is right. And, and, and here's the deal. And it's not even what I feel. Feelings are real and feelings are important, but feelings are very deceptive guides for life. Because they change. They change like the weather forecast. They just change momentarily. I hear Christians all the time, followers of Jesus, well, I'm just trying to do what I feel is right. Be careful there. Be careful. Be careful. I'm not saying that what you're feeling ain't right, but it ain't right just because you feel it. Okay? Just, just the next right step. Do the next right thing in following Jesus. Not right just because of me and not right just because I feel it. Not right because just my family says or my friends say. And everybody thinks, and I asked her and I asked him, and everybody thinks I should. And not right by culture. Everybody does. No, no, no. Right by Jesus doing the next right thing. I love this quote by Charles Stanley the pastor that has taught America for decades. And this is what he said years ago. I've never forgotten it. He said, obey God and leave all the consequences to him. Obey God and just leave all the consequences to him. Do the next right thing and leave all the consequences to him. Right? Love, love with grace and truth and leave all the consequences to him. Follow Jesus and leave all the consequences to him. Isn't that just a way to bottom line it? And I mean, living in an uncertain world, isn't that the way to do it? I mean, we live in a world that is so uncertain, and this just makes so much sense. It's not easy. But this is what it means to follow Jesus, to live in the way of Jesus. Yes, it's hard. It's a challenge, but it's life-giving. It's the best way to live, and it's a way of love, all grace, all truth, all the time. Messy, misunderstood, yes, but that's the way he loved us, and that's the way he wants us to love each other. And it's, it's basically just doing the next right thing that's honoring to Jesus. What's the next right thing in the way of Jesus that's most honoring to Jesus? I do that, and you do that, and step by step, we follow him. In the first century, most young men by the age of 14 or 15 had finished school. Done. That's where education stopped. And 14, 15 years old, they're done with school. And then as Jewish society would have it, they then took up the family trade and went and worked with dad or granddad. And they continued in the family business. That, that was the way that things usually went. But from time to time, what would happen is 14, 15-year-old young man finished school, and instead of entering into the family business, another opportunity would come his way. A Jewish rabbi who is a Jewish teacher or a Jewish scholar that's an expert in the Jewish law, a Jewish rabbi would pick out the best of the best of the best of the 14 and 15-year-old young men that were the smartest, the brightest. They would pick those guys out, identify those guys out, and they would give them an invitation. And the invitation sounded like this. Follow me. Yeah, yeah, very much like Jesus went to the disciples and went to people and said, follow me. Yeah, that, that was the custom, that the Jewish rabbis would, uh, would come to these best and brightest young men and say, follow me. 
And if the young man decided to follow the rabbi, they would leave their hometown, leave the businesses, leave their family even, and spend the next days, weeks, and maybe even months and years following this rabbi, learning the way of this Jewish rabbi. Until they began to talk like this rabbi and live like this rabbi and think like this rabbi and take the teachings of this rabbi as their own and then maybe one day take this rabbi's place. They're just so committed to the way of the rabbi. And there was this saying, this saying that traditionally was said over these young men as they left family and hometown and all the familiar things It was said over them, and may you be covered with the dust of your rabbi. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. In other words, may you follow your rabbi so closely that literally the dust of his feet as you walk along the dirt paths, may it cover you. In other words, may you follow him so closely that he gets all over you. May we, as Christians, as self-proclaimed followers of Jesus, may we be covered in the dust of our rabbi, Jesus. May you and I follow Jesus, not just from a distance kind of follow, checking in on him kind of follow, and and yeah, man, I, I want that fire insurance kind of follow. No, 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 no. May we follow him, live in the way of Jesus so much that we begin to sound like Jesus when we talk. We begin to think like Jesus when we think. And when people spend time with us, they they begin to feel like they've spent time with Jesus. And that when we love people, we love people the way Jesus loved people and the way Jesus loved us. May we be covered in the dust of our rabbi, Jesus. And may the world look at us and just conclude that we are people of the way of Jesus. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus... This is what we're called to. And for some of you, you got to come back to that. Or maybe it's brand new information for you, and you're like, that is hard, but that makes sense. And that is how I want to live. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're not a Christian, if you're the kind of person that's like, one day, one day, one day, yeah, 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 one day, yeah, yeah, one day. May that one day become day one today. And may you trust, may you decide to trust Jesus as your Savior and determine from this day on, you're going to discover what it means to live in the way of Jesus and really follow him. Our Father, we thank you for this. I I need this reminder. Um, As a pastor and Someone that a lot of people would look from the outside and just assume this comes automatically. No, I, I, I need this reminder. And, and Father, I, I thank you so much for the clarity, the power, and the simplicity of following Jesus. Not just thinking about it and talking about it, and certainly not 
like social media following Jesus, but literally living in the way of Jesus. And Father, may I make that decision every day. And my brothers and sisters and friends, we've been talking about following you for many years. May we do it. And for my friends here, that this is brand new information for the first time they're understanding what it means. May they embrace you as their Savior who gave your life for them. And may they simply join us all together as we learn more and more what it means to live in your way, to love as you have loved in every way. And may we remember that as we walk with you, you walk with us. And that makes all the difference in this uncertain world in which we live. In Jesus' name, amen.